Welcome back once again to Not Playing with Lex and Dan. He's Dan. I am. Use Lex. It's true. And uh, if you're new to the podcast, well, you have a lot of catching up to do. But this <laughs> is the podcast where we talk all about parenting and technology. That's not true. This is a podcast where we watch movies that everybody else has seen, but that one of us at least, and sometimes both of us, have not. Uh, you're in the midst of our Bond season. And tonight we're watching a movie starring a Bond. I have no idea which actor it is. I just know that it's not Sean Connery, uh, Roger Moore. Or the guy in between who only played Bond once. George Lazenby. George Lazenby. God it's none bless of those him. people. But tonight's film, tonight's showing is The Living Daylights from 1987. And I did not Google anything because I don't want to spoil myself. So I don't remember who the Bond is. Do you want to tell me? Do, do, you, do you want me to tell you or should we just go in cold? I mean, there's so many options here. I think you should tell me because this way I can tell you what I know about the actor and their performance. Uh, this would be a uh, young-ish at this point, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Don't know anything about Timothy Do you not know <laughs> Timothy Dalton? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we'll talk afterwards about other places that you might know Timothy Dalton from. Um, okay. Because he's a fairly well-known actor who is still, who is still active today uh, and has been active for many years. I mean, I, would I know say Timothy back... Busfield pretty well. Uh, I know <laughs> <that actor. laughs> the Timothy Busfield Bond era was a very different take. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He was he was good in Revenge of the Nerds Bond and the West Wing Bond <laughs> and uh, Bondy Bondy something I think he was really good <laughs> yes. in that one too yeah uh, I thought Bondy Blue said the iMac uh, the no okay. no I'm, I'm, I'll let you just keep digging yourself in that hole okay fair so yeah Timothy Dalton I don't think I can come up with a single credit and I'm not going to Google it because maybe I'll look at him and go like oh he's also the guy from you can't do that on television I don't he, is he is the guy yeah absolutely that's, uh, that's how you should know him don't encourage your mother <laughs> um, uh, now when I try to picture that guy from you can't do that on television I'm picturing the uh, the alien in the first uh, men in black when he's like trying <laughs> to wear the human skin that's what I'm seeing when I'm trying to see that guy from anyway um, I this title I found intriguing uh, sure. for this film the living daylights, like I'm going to kick the living daylights out of you, I guess. Uh, not you, Dan. I would not do that to that, you. That that is no way to form a podcast. But it's from '87. the The last one we watched, uh, you uh, for your eyes only. Uh, my first guess was you only look twice, but I got there. Um, <laughs> that's also not a movie. <laughs> yes, well, I figured it out. You only look um, twice before crossing the street. I think that's that <laughs> the the lesser known tale of James Bond trying to exit the airport at Heathrow. I also believe the full title is You Only Look Twice With Your Eyes Only. So that's, <laughs> that's how it happened. But um, I don't know. This uh, th- Like that one, though. This, is set in the, this, this was made in the 80s. So I'm hoping it's going to have a nice 80s-ish feel. Um, it wasn't that long ago in the history of Bond where it was uh, the, the pre- Roger Moore. So like, I'm hoping there's like some new fresh take, maybe some more winks to camera about the fact that it's yet another Bond. I don't know. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel I, like the... More modern we get, the campier they get so far, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't. Well, so I don't know that much. Like, I've never, I've seen parts, maybe snatches of the Dalton movies here and there, but I really, I don't think I've ever sat down and watched one start to finish. So this is kind of a new one for me. And as we talked about last time, there are only two Dalton movies, '87 and '89. I think they did not do as well at the box office as people had hoped. So hence, they moved on from Dalton. And it was years until they did that that British spinoff, uh, Dalton Abbey. 
Yeah, no, it's a very different um, James Bond in the 1930s in a country house. But still British. Yeah, no, it's it's basically the same show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is two years after uh, Moore has retired. Uh, it is six years after For Your Eyes Only. And it's only seven years after we were born. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We were both born in 1980. You were born before me, though. You'll always be older. Uh, that's what you think. Anyway. And wiser. Uh, anything else we should discuss before going into this movie? I don't feel like we're, we're both going in blind, so there's really not a lot for us to discuss. I, I do know. We're going I have in some... blind for our eyes only. <laughs> uh, I feel like maybe I, we should start the <laughs> I would say that um, I, it feels to me like the titles have very little to do with the movie. I mean, I get that For Your Eyes Only showed up in that movie twice, once as a line of suggestive dialogue and once on the cover of Something Top Secret on Her Majesty's Reserve. Like, again, these titles are like, let's come up with a cool title. And I'm fine with that. But so I, I know nothing from the title. Many of them are from the Ian Fleming books themselves. Um, yes. I think most of them are at least a book or at least a short story by um, Fleming. Um, I think including this, although I will say I was pretty sure that License to Kill, which is the second Dalton movie, is uh, John Gardner. So other people have written Bond books since Fleming's death, um, including John Gardner, uh, Raymond Benson, and there was someone more recently who had written one. Um, so I, I think this is the, I recall License to Kill was based on a Gardner one or maybe the you know what? I think it might have been like Gardner wrote the novelization of it or something. <laughs> anyway. Confusing. And the people who write these books must feel a special bond with the subject material. <laughs> Do you know, trivia, uh, James Bond is also the name of a famous ornithologist. I did not know that. After whom the character James Bond is named by Ian Fleming. This is true. There was a, uh, a famed ornithologist uh, named James Bond, um, and a, he's American and he authored the definitive field guide, Birds of the West Indies. Fleming was a bird watcher, had a copy of the guide, and basically just liked the name. So, huh. there you go. I was not aware of that fact. Thank you for telling me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with that knowledge, but I'm going to think about it. I'm going to ruminate. So, we've got this title. We know nothing about it. You know Timothy Dalton, not personally, but you know. You I wish know he seems work. delightful. All right. Well, I'm excited to watch uh, The Living Daylights. I'm excited that I have to check the title every time I'm going to say it. If, if you're a regular listener, and let's be honest, there are many of you, you're going to just hear us babble for a minute and then hear our thoughts after having watched the movie. But if you want to do more, you've got options. You could watch along with us by becoming a member of The Incomparable, which gives you access to our commentary track, which you can sync up with the movie and watch along with us. Or you could not sync it up with the movie and just listen to us make jokes about things you have no idea what we're As I understand it, there are actually people who do this and they use the uh what is it the smart speed feature on overcast so it just takes mm. out all the silences i don't know what that's like and god bless you all for doing that i wouldn't necessarily recommend hour. it but it's probably a lot faster uh, i would not recommend using smart silences and syncing it to the movie <laughs> that would be tricky uh, but Dan, how do they become members of the Incomparable? And by the way, even if you don't want to listen to the comedy track, you can still become a member of the Incomparable, and then it just gives us your money, which I'm fine with. Yes, I neither of us would object to that at all. Well, to sign up for a membership at the Incomparable, go to theincomparable.com/members. There, you'll get the option to pick from a variety of different support levels, but all of which give you access to certain 
mem- special member features, uh, among them including the bootleg track where you can listen to stuff as it gets recorded before it gets edited, uh, the first-class members-only feed, which is where our commentary tracks go, uh, and a few other uh, fun things, including a Slack channel where some of the incomparable folk hang out, and you can come talk to us if you want to, or you can come and not talk to us. I'm not telling you what to do. Anyways, that's com slash members. Sign up, select your level, and when you get the option of which shows to support, throw a little money towards uh, not playing with Lex and Dan. You're good friends. You're good friends Lex and Dan here. Smart. Real smart. Well, Lex. Yes, Dan? We have concluded our viewing of the living daylights now this was your first time seeing the living daylights you'd Indeed. seen a scene or two yeah and often you ask me first what i thought but today i'd like to ask you first what did <gasps> oh, you think very kind um turning the tables yeah i'm so, turning this car around <laughs> i like dalton but I, I like timothy dalton in general he's definitely not as winking as roger moore but i kind of understand like when you first are establishing yourself as James Bond, I feel like maybe you're, you're thinking I'll play it a little more seriously. Um, but he's charming. He's very handsome. Um, not quite as many one-liners. I feel like he physically he did a better job of a lot of the stunts. Uh, some of that is obviously, I think, the, the evolution of stunt work uh, and special yeah. effects and that stuff. Um, but I thought he acquitted himself nicely. I think this was a step back for the Bond girls <laughs> after our... Uh, I thought we were both fairly impressed with For Your Eyes Only and the uh, the role of the main, um, the lead actress in that in terms of how self-sufficient she was. Whereas right. here, I felt like we took a step back to sort of the doe-eyed, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to get dragged everywhere uh, role, which was less compelling. I thought the plot was pretty solid and twisty Cold War spy era stuff. I enjoy the the villainous general who actually just seems kind of like he's uh slimy and and doesn't really he's not really good at anything um it's a little on the long side as i think you agree the entrance of the mujahideen in the end was kind of uncomfortable from a modern uh perspective um yeah so i don't disagree with much but i'll tell you this okay i thought it was too long <laughs> I agree with you that overall women took a step back, although I did like the joke of the, <laughs> the woman who like undoes some of her top to distract somebody. And then like after she has finished distracting him, she says, I'm not that kind of girl. Like I thought that was funny yeah. or I'm not that kind of woman, but I don't know. I would say I didn't love the plot and I didn't love the bond so much. Mm. I thought that Timothy Dalton showed skill, but I thought there was very little humor. Yes. You made this, made the same point. That's true. Like it was, it was, it, there was not enough winkingness to this one. And uh, clearly I'm not an expert, but it didn't feel like a Bond film to me in a lot of ways. Really? Like there was a scene or two where um, where Bond used his fancy car to wreak havoc upon others. And I thought that was cool. But I wanted more complicated ways that they were trying to kill James Bond. <laughs> I wanted more. Like certainly the milk bottles that explode and the keys that gas you and whatever were, were Bond-esque. But I, it felt plotting to me, not mm. with D's, not T's. It mm-hmm. just this this was a story that felt uh, inflated to me. Like, oh, we could also do this. 
Uh, it did not. It did not captivate my interest. This was a movie that, if I were not watching it for the show and I had started it just for entertainment purposes, I would have turned it off. Okay, I was okay. not entertained. Right. Are you not entertained? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I mean, again, I think that this is some of this is a, a product of the times. I think in the eighties there was sort of almost like a grittier, darker, like. Uh, atmosphere to a lot of movies right like people started we were pushing the i don't know what this was rated but we were certainly pushing the rated r oh it did get a little risque you're not wrong a little risque there but um, this is our our first bond movie with nudity with true nudity and i gotta say i'm not sure that i'm i've got to like trying to think of another one that go like i didn't feel like they continued along that trajectory i'll put it that way so that was kind of an interesting and bizarre choice there but okay and it felt like it felt totally unnecessary <laughs> right right I'm, right i'm not prudish but like it, it was like it was one of those things where it's like hey maybe i'll like this guys <laughs> yeah yeah it was a little unfortunate i agree um yeah. i was trying to figure out what the uh what the rating of this actually was pg but... it was rated pg really oh man the 80s <laughs> yes yeah i it might have predated pg-13 as a I forget when they invented PG-13. Uh, no, PG-13 started in the early 80s, I believe. Um, I think Temple of Doom was the first one. It's one of the Indiana Jones ones. I believe it's Temple of Doom. So uh, just background this time. Um, Dalton was one of several people to try out to replace Roger Moore, including uh, other people included Sam Neill and hmm. Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> oh, interesting. Brosnan, uh, I believe, was the... Um, they offer i think they offered in him at one point but like um he was playing remington steel on tv and yes. so he couldn't contractually he couldn't didn't have the ability to get out of that i thought dalton had maybe been approached earlier as well i thought um, i read that as well he's a little younger here than his predecessors i think but he's definitely darker they point out um that he's a shakespearean trained actor so he's got like a really I think he, you know, really sort of delves into trying to play this character very seriously. And I don't think, you know, it's funny because I've seen Dalton in a lot of stuff later on, and he's actually a wonderful comic actor. Like, he has great comic timing, but I can understand, too, as a young guy starting out and maybe thinking this is going to be like a big franchise, maybe those aren't the chops you're kind of working on, or maybe he developed those later on. But, I, I mean, he has that capability. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely not familiar with his work. I finally looked up his IMDb page, but... I don't know. I I think that like I guess one thing that I would note thus far in our Bond journey is that I don't think there is a single thing that characterizes what is a Bond movie. I mean, there's obviously common elements, the music. Uh, also, they super overdo the music. Um, but uh, you know, and the, the sequence, and you know, the womanizing, and the gadgetry, and all those things. But like, these are very different movies. Like they're mm-hmm. they're stylistically mm-hmm. and thematically, uh, and and tone-ishly different movies and i can't imagine i mean i guess this must be the case but like i can't imagine being somebody who's like i love all bond movies <laughs> whereas like when i look at um i don't know what's another longer series i guess there aren't that many series that rival the length of the bond movies but like uh, i like all seasons of breaking bad <laughs> even mm-hmm. though the show and the character i mean the character is played by the same person all the whole time but it becomes a different character over time uh but I, this it, it feels like you know if this were a tv show with with extra long episodes it feels like it's really changing a lot sometimes uh, sure i think that's my concern yeah no i agree i mean we have largely jumped decade to decade right like we yeah. went with 
you know, early 60s from Golden Goldfinger to late 60s, early 70s with Honor Majesty's Secret Service to late 70s, early 80s with For Your Eyes Only uh, and now to late 80s with Living Daylight. So, like, you know, we're jumping almost not quite 10 years each time, but like a big chunk of a decade and certainly tastes change, uh, mores change, just general atmosphere changes as they try to reinvent them for these decades i think you know as evidenced by the fact that that dalton only played him for two uh two roles and then there was a fairly substantial break uh between dalton and the next bond i mean it's like five years or something you know there's it's clear that this did not land the way they wanted it to so you know as a result of that i think you can easily draw the connection that this was not this is not a great or popular bond franchise installment i and some of this is is cultural is the wrong word but some of this is just uh me right i i am not a huge cold war storyline fan i i kind of i mean listen i live in 2018 as we're recording this the russians are the bad guys but i'm a little bit even though i would say maybe with this movie it's not overused it's just it doesn't capture my interest it feels like very movie-ish to me if that makes any sense well it feels more like a generic action movie i totally yes, agree right. with you about that like there's there's less of the um i think you're right that the bond franchise is often characterized by a certain degree of if not self-awareness at least f- frivolity maybe like you know or absurdity Lightness. absurdity yes. you know at times realizing this is not like a, a john le carre novel this is a you know lighter sillier attempt right so we get we get glimpses of that right like i think this the sledding down the the ski slopes in the cello case you know there's there's a couple tips of the hat to that but i agree that it does feel like it's few and far between here so a little less of a uh yes it's, it's a very different take on it and and one that I don't think is terribly successful. This this movie does have a very... I, I appreciate the supporting cast here. So we got Joe Don Baker as the bad guy, Whitaker, at the end there, um, who played, as I was telling you the, at the beginning of the commentary, famously played the, uh, the lead role in Mitchell, which is a great MST3K feature that you should watch, uh, mm. but also appeared in um, Walking Tall, the classic film from the 70s, and um fletch among other things <laughs> yep sure enough uh you've also got uh john reese davies who played sala in the indiana jones series as uh the pushkin who apparently was a late minute sub in originally the guy that we saw at the very end there who's like the diplomatic general who gets the the visa for our leading lady was supposed to be the main antagonist but the actor who i guess was in previous installments uh was ill and could not could not film most of it so they replaced him with some interesting facts i learned by the way after we concluded the movie was Mm. that um this is the only bond film to intentionally contain nude scenes and it has two one of men one of women (laughs) and this is the final bond movie to date I'm going to quote IMDb exactly to show a bevy of women scene <laughs> here. It was a swimming pool full of girls in bikinis at Brad Whitaker's mansion, but apparently they, they dropped that trope now, but we've seen it several times. So that is interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. So it does feel, I agree. It was weird. I, this is my only experience with the Dalton franchise. And certainly I've heard that given that this is regarded much better than license to kill. I have 
very little desire other than like <laughs> sheer completeness to watch license to kill yeah. license to kill so you know what do you say we skip that one uh in um i'll tell you like it was i would say so far that uh for your eyes only remains my favorite of the ones okay. we've watched okay uh, i'm curious what your ranking is what's your favorite so far i would say i would put gold i'd still really i still have trouble separating like goldfinger which is i feel like a classic but it's so so difficult in retrospect to really hold it yes. up that to that level so i think i would also agree with you that for your eyes only as a film i think it is it felt like it held up nicely and yeah. it was it was fun to watch uh, i would put goldfinger probably after that i put on her majesty's secret service after that i would agree this is probably at the bottom right now got it okay Dalton's fine. I I don't know. How would you put him vis-a-vis Lazenby? I preferred Lazenby. Really? Okay. Interesting. Because like, uh, and now some of that could be the writing too, right? But sure. Here's the thing. I think that you know Connery invents the role. He gets to he gets to play it as like pretty much straightly suave and full of himself and cocky, and you have to love him for it. I feel like others now after that for me and for my 2018 taste anyway, have to do it in a way where you both can love and hate him for his cockiness. Mm, <laughs> like mm. you want to be able to laugh with him. And it felt like this was an attempt here on Dalton's part to uh, embody it the same way that Sean Connery did, like just cool and a little bit detached and I can do whatever I want. But without, I don't need a wink. I don't need a literal wink, but there was no smirk to it. There was no mirth to it. Mm, it was just mm-hmm, like, mm. I'm great. And I There was a smirch. There was a smirch, but there was no yes. smirk or mirth. Yeah. <laughs> I think you mean a smirth. That was a that was a joke. Smirch is a is a evil organization in James Bond. But I was unaware of that. I know. That's I felt like that joke went over your head. It's fine. We haven't seen Smirch yet, have we? Uh no, but the reference in this is uh Smirt Spionum, which is what was like written down a bunch, which means death to spies is hmm. uh basically an acronym in russian is smirsh is a like soviet counter a fictional soviet counterintelligence agency uh, of which they besmirched the good name yes indeed indeed <laughs> well uh not my favorite bond um and i again i i suppose that we are it's limited when we are ranking them based on individual performances mm-hmm. <laughs> although mm-hmm. in some cases we are given no option yep that's true <laughs> Lazen B. Um, more like Lazy B. <laughs> that wasn't, no. no, it wasn't worth it. And uh, I'm still glad you went there, though. <laughs> but uh, so who's next? Who will be the next Bond? Well, all right. So we're moving on from this into the 90s. And we are watching the debut, another debut. Pierce. Uh, this time Pierce Brosnan. I'm uh, excited. In GoldenEye, which was 1994. Spawned a hit video game franchise. Indeed, it did. Sorry, excuse me. Ninety-five. I apologize for that. So this I'm excited. Was... I feel like ninety sensibilities, and we'll talk more about it on the next one. But ninety sensibilities. Plus, I like Pierce Brosnan. Like I like. <laughs> I like Pierce Brosnan as well. And this is, uh, if not the best, certainly tied with the best of his outings. Like oh, you, you've seen it. I've seen Goldeneye. I've seen every Pierce. But I, from here on out, I've seen every Bond movie. Oh wow. I had no idea. Yeah, so I um I believe I have seen one scene or two scenes from this movie. Okay, possibly. Yeah, but well, not at, at the most. <laughs> I was just thinking though, what are my favorite Pierce Brosnan roles? Can you guess my two favorite Pierce Brosnan performances? Mrs. Doubtfire is one, and <laughs> uh, your other favorite Pierce Brosnan role is oh man, listeners are shouting it out right now. 
No, I'm sorry. I'm blanking. I'm blanking. The Thomas Crown Affair. Oh, the Thomas Crown Affair. Okay. Okay. And that to me is a Bondish. Like, that's yes, what I want out of absolutely. a Bond character where it's just successful, wealthy, full of himself, but aware that it's ridiculous. That's, I like that. He's, like Brosnan that. Is, is a very fine actor. I enjoy him in most of the things. He also shows up in an Edgar Wright movie. We were talking about how Dalton shows up in uh, Hot Fuzz, which you haven't seen, which is a shame. No, but I've seen so many other Edgar Wright uh, But if you've which seen The World's in? End... Yes. Pierce Brosnan is in that. He mm-hmm. appears. That's correct. Uh, and then, what was the other? Oh, I, I also liked him. You ever see The Matador? No. With Greg Kinnear? No. I thought that movie looked like a load of bull. <laughs> it's true. It's a good movie, though. Uh, it's a dark comedy where he plays like a hitman who's like uh, befriends, you know, kind of a... Uh, befriends Greg Kinnear, we'll put it that way. <laughs> I think one day... Charming. We're going to do a season of the show where we pick an actor, yeah. not a franchise. <laughs> We're going to show each other movies we haven't seen from an actor. Like my favorite Greg Kinnear role is probably in As Good As It Gets. I've seen and, As Good As It Gets. Uh, I, my, Greg Kinnear, for some reason in my brain, is always linked with Brendan Fraser. This is a show about James Bond. And Brendan Fraser, I love two movies that most people just really dislike that Brendan Fraser stars in. One being Blast From the Past with Lisey Silverstone. Oh. And two the being other one um, Bedazzled. Okay, okay. That was not. I was glad you didn't say. Um, isn't he in? Uh, is he in Encino, Encino Man? Encino Man is is uh, Paulie Shore. Is, uh, is Brendan Fraser in that too? I don't know. I, I haven't I, seen it. I thought he was, but now I, maybe I'm just confusing it with Blast of the Past. <laughs> no, he's in Encino Man. I was totally right. God, I will. I will not rest until Brendan Fraser plays James Bond. <laughs> My favorite Brendan Fraser movie is The Mummy, the first Mummy, which is mm. just a fun movie. I haven't seen it. Oh, man. Are you, are you familiar with Bedazzled? I'm familiar with it. I haven't seen all of it, but I've definitely seen pieces of it. And it's it a is, remake, too. It is a remake of a Dudley Moore movie, yeah. but it's Harold Ramis, and I will pretty much watch anything Harold Ramis is a part of. Yeah, and it's Elizabeth Hurley, and I'll watch yes. a lot of things that Elizabeth Hurley's. <laughs> yes, and she is exquisitely good in it in all the ways. She's, like, hilarious. All right. Any last, uh, last business with Mr. Dalton here before we wrap <sighs> up? Elizabeth Hurley would be a great Bond uh, w- woman? What do they call them? Bond, Bond lady girl? I, I, sure, that seems <laughs> insulting. So Yeah, she would be great. A ba- bond femme fatale. Timothy Dalton. and the, I feel like Timothy Dalton was not well served by the story here. But this was not a story for me. Like, this is the kind of movie that I would intentionally not see in general just because like, the story is not my kind of story. Like pretty much, if there, if we're gonna see like wide desert scapes and like people on horses and like you know insert generic Afghani kind of soldier here or generic Russian bad guy here, like that's all the stuff that's like those are the ingredients of movies that Lex doesn't like, typically speaking. So that's I, fair. I maybe he's a great Bond, but he's in a movie I don't. Want I, to I don't think I don't think he is a a great. Not, let me put it this way: I, I feel like. Yeah, I bet I bet you that if Timothy Bolton, Timothy Bolton, Timothy Dalton, or <laughs> Michael to, Bolton. <laughs> If Timothy Dalton were to, uh, you know, play James Bond, knowing what he knows now, I feel like we would get a much better, much better, much more interesting performance. But maybe he could come back and do it now. I would watch that. He's <laughs> delightful. The aging James Bond. You only live thrice. <laughs> the living nightlight. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you for watching this movie with me. Next time, we're going to do Golden Eye with Pierce Brosnan, and I'm pretty excited. I'm expecting it to become my new favorite, and frankly, I've never seen Daniel Craig in anything, so I'm excited for when we get to there, too. Really? Okay, that's fascinating to me, but yes. Do we know who the next Bond is after Daniel Craig? Daniel Craig is contracted for one more, currently. Mm. He, according to the filmography, there is a, a TBA, a Bond, to come out in 2019, and then 
there's been a lot of dispute as to whether or not you know like who will be cast to replace him and there's been a lot of a lot of arguing for updating the franchise, which I think is, is Elba, perfectly. Elba, yeah, I I, lo- I do love Idris Elba, and I would gladly see him play James Bond. Also, um, I for a while when when Daniel Craig was in the running for the role, I think they said um, there's a, a another black British actor named Adrian Lester who was yes. in a um, Hustle among other things, a great great show, and I was rooting for him because I thought he really. He did a nice job of having the suavity, but also felt like he had a bit of an edge of menace to him. And I was like, that that's a it's a good combination there. So there was a I, I had a moment while watching this is ridiculous. If you've seen the movie Love Actually, sure. and then later you see uh The Walking Dead, and then at some <laughs> point you realize, holy sh um Rick is the guy from uh uh What's the movie I just said? Love Actually. Like, Rick is the guy who's in love with Keira Knightley in Love Actually. And you realize, oh my gosh, the guy who plays like uh, an American Southern oh, yeah. Georgian police officer sure. uh, and is like really skinny was also the not so skinny and very British and pasty guy. And like, I feel like knowing that he's British, he could be a good James Bond. Doesn't look anything like any of the other James Bonds, but like, he um, is so good at seemingly embodying whatever role he's in that I, I had a time when I was thinking he could be a James Bond. So yeah, just a lot of good, a lot of good, a lot of good options, but I'd like to see them take a different direction with this franchise because it does feel like I'm thinking maybe it doesn't have to be British this time. Just putting that out there. That Yeah. That's definitely the diversity we need in the Bond franchise. <laughs> it's the most important thing is that he be American. No, I wanted to be Scottish. I wanted to be played. <laughs> he was already Johnson. Scottish. That's true. But well, we've seen it. And I, uh, listeners, please tweet at Dan Warren and tell him what you thought. <laughs> he is at not playing cast on Twitter. Uh, we we are at not playing cast. Thank you. Also true. All right. Thank you for listening along with us. Lex and Dan will return in Goldeneye. <laughs> that was nice. I like that. That's good. Oh, no, they're skiing, Lex. <laughs> I cannot believe it. <laughs> is this all but one so far, or is it all of them? Um, all but one. I don't think there was any skiing in, the, in Goldfinger. <laughs>